Welcome back to our podcast series on interview questions and answers. In the previous episode, we discussed three questions. Tell me about yourself, what are your strengths, and what are your weaknesses? In this continuation of the series, we will delve deeper into some of the more challenging questions you may encounter during an interview, and we will offer strategies for how to answer them effectively. As we all know, Job interviews can be nerve-wracking, especially when faced with difficult or unexpected questions. The goal in this series is to help you feel more confident and prepared for any question that may come your way. Whether you're a recent graduate just starting your job search or an experienced professional looking to make a career change, we hope that our insights and tips will be useful to you. So sit back, grab a notebook, and join us as we explore the art of answering interview questions. Let's get started. Question number four. Why are you leaving your old position? Never badmouth your previous industry, company, board, boss, staff, employees, or customers. This rule is inviolable. Never be negative. Any mud you hurl will only soil your suit. Especially avoid words like personality clash, didn't get along, or other like that which cast a shadow on your competence, integrity, or temperament. If you're not yet 100% committed to leaving your present post, don't be afraid to say so. Since you have a job, you're in a stronger position than someone who does not. But don't be coy either. State honestly what you'd be hoping to find in a new spot. Of course, your answer will be stronger if you already uncovered what the position is all about and you match your desires to it. Never lie about being fired, it's unethical and too easily checked. But do try to deflect the reason from you personally. If your firing was the result of a takeover, merger, division-wide layoff, so much the better. But you should also do something totally unnatural that will demonstrate consummate professionalism. Even if it hurts, describe your own firing candidly, succinctly, and without a trace of bitterness. From the company's point of view, indicating that you could understand why it happened and you might have made the same decision yourself. Your stature will rise immediately and most important of all, you will show you are healed from the wounds inflicted by the firing. You will enhance your image as first-class management material and stand head and shoulders above the legions of firing victims who, at the slightest provocation, zip open their shirts to expose their battle scars and decry the unfairness of it all. You may also be asked the reasons you left all your prior positions. Make sure you've prepared a brief reason for leaving. Best reasons, more money, an opportunity, responsibility, or growth. Question number five, why should I hire you? Believe it or not, this is a killer question because so many candidates are unprepared for it. If you stammer, you've blown it. If you cannot sell yourself, why should anyone hire you? By now, you can see how critical it is to apply the overall strategy of uncovering the employer's needs before you answer questions. If you know the employer's greatest needs and desires, this question will give you a big leg up over other candidates because you will give him better reasons for hiring you than anyone else is likely to. Reasons tied directly to his needs. Whether your interviewer asks you this question explicitly or not, 
This is the most important question of your interview because he must answer this question favorably in his own mind before you will be hired. So help him out. Walk through each of the position's requirements as you understand them and follow each with a reason why you meet that requirement so well. An example, you can say this, as I understand your needs, you are first and foremost looking for someone who can manage the sales and marketing of your products. As you've said, you need someone with a strong background in fast-moving product sales. This is where I've spent almost all my career, so I've chalked up 18 years of experience exactly in this area. You also need someone who can expand your product distribution channels. In my prior post, my innovative promotional ideas doubled, then tripled the number of outlets selling our products. I am confident I can do the same for you. Every one of these selling points is a touchdown that runs up your score. It is your best opportunity to outsell your competition. If you can back up your answer with verifiable proof, all the better. Question number six. Aren't you overqualified for this position? Many immigrants to Canada come in with advanced university degrees, so expect this question or accept that your interviewer is thinking about it. The employer may be concerned that you will grow dissatisfied and leave. As with any objection, don't view this as a sign of imminent defeat. It's an invitation to show the interviewer a new way to think about this situation, seeing advantages instead of drawbacks. You can start your answer with this example. I recognize the job market for what it is, a marketplace. Like any marketplace, it's subject to the laws of supply and demand. So overqualified quote unquote can be a relative term depending on how tight the job market is. And now it's very tight. I understand and accept that. I also believe that there could be very positive benefits for both of us in this match. Because of my unusually strong experience in mention your field of expertise, I could start to contribute right away, perhaps much faster than someone who'd have to be brought along more slowly. There's also the value of all the training and years of experience that other companies have invested tens of thousands of dollars to give me. You'd be getting all the value of that without having to pay an extra dime for it. With someone who has yet to acquire that experience, he'd have to gain it on your nickel. I could also help you in many things they didn't teach in school, for example, how to hire, train, motivate. When it comes to knowing how to work well with people and getting the most out of your team, there's just no substitute for what you can learn over many years of frontline experience. Your company would gain all of this too. From my side, there are strong benefits as well. Right now, I am unemployed. I want to work very much and the position you have here is exactly what I love to do and I'm best at. I'll be happy doing this work and that's what matters most to me, a lot more than money or title. Most important, I am looking to make a long-term commitment in my career now. I've had enough of job hunting and want a permanent spot at this point in my career. I also know that if I perform this job with excellence, other opportunities cannot help but open up for me right here. In time, I'll find many other ways to help this company and in doing so, help myself. I really am looking to make a long-term commitment. 
The main concern behind the overqualified question is the concern that you will leave your new employer as soon as something better comes your way. Yeah, even if you were the one doing the hiring, you would have this concern. Anything you can say to demonstrate the sincerity of your commitment to the employer and reassure them that you are looking to stay for the long term will help you overcome this objection. Nobody wants to do interviews over and over and over again for the same position. Interviews cost money, so an interviewer is looking to hire somebody who will stay and you know commit to the long term. An offshoot of this last question is to ask you to describe your ideal company, location or job. It's a variation of the last question. It is often asked by an experienced interviewer who thinks you may be overqualified but knows better than to show his hand by posing his objection directly. So he'll use this question instead, which often gets a candidate to reveal that, indeed, he or she is looking for something other than the position at hand. The only right answer is to describe what the company is offering, being sure to make your answer believable with specific reasons stated with sincerity why each quality represented by this opportunity is attractive to you. Remember that if you're coming from a company that's the leader in its field or from a glamorous or much admired company, industry, city or position, your interviewer may feel a bit defensive about being second best to the place you're coming from, worried that you may consider them bush league. This anxiety could well be there even though you've done nothing to inspire it. You must go out of your way to assuage such anxiety even if it's not expressed by putting their virtues high on the list of exactly what you're looking for, providing credible reasons for wanting these qualities. If you do not express genuine enthusiasm for the firm, its culture, location, industry, you may fail to answer this objection and as a result, leave the interviewer suspecting that a hotshot like you, coming from a Fortune 500 company, just wouldn't be happy at an unknown manufacturer in, say, the local town that you live in. It's just an example. Question number seven. Where do you see yourself five years from now? One reason interviewers ask this question is to see if you're settling for the position, using it merely as a step over until something better comes along. Or they could be trying to gauge your level of ambition. If you're too specific, that is um, naming the promotions you someday hope to win, you'll sound presumptuous. If you're too vague, you'll seem rudderless. To answer this question, reassure your interviewer that you're looking to make a long-term commitment, that this position entails exactly what you're looking to do and what you do extremely well. As for your future, you believe that if you perform each job at hand with excellence, future opportunities will take care of themselves. You could answer this way, not exactly in these words, but along these lines. I am interested in making a long-term commitment to my next position. Judging by what you've told me about this position, it's exactly what I'm looking for and what I am very well qualified to do. In terms of my future career path, I am confident that if I do my work with excellence, opportunities will inevitably come. It's always been that way in my career 
and I'm confident I'll have similar opportunities here. Question number eight. Why have you been out of work so long? This could be a tough question if you've been out of work for a long time. You don't want to seem like damaged goods. Understand that there may be valid reasons for gaps in the resume. It could be childbirth, it could be education, it could be illness, it could be anything. You want to emphasize factors which have prolonged your job search by your own choice. Example. When I say example, it's the way you could answer the question. After my job was terminated, I made a conscious decision not to jump on the first opportunities to come along. In my life, I found out that you can always turn a negative into a positive if you try hard enough. This is what I determined to do. I decided to take whatever time I needed to think through what I do best, what I most want to do, where I'd like to do it, and then identify those companies that could offer such an opportunity. Also, in all honesty, you have to factor in the recession in the industry. You could mention the industry it is. So, between my being selective and the companies in our industry downsizing, the process has taken time. But in the end, I am convinced that when I do find the right match, all that careful evaluation from both sides of the desk will have been worthwhile for the company and myself. The time you spent moving to Canada and settling in is also a good reason for a gap in your resume. Don't forget that. It's a very valid reason to have a gap in your resume. Question number nine. What good books have you read lately? I know someone who felt he didn't get the job because he couldn't answer this question. As in all matters of your interview, never fake familiarity you don't have. Yet, you don't want to seem like a dollard who hasn't read a book since 1900. Unless you're up for a position in academia or as a book critic for a newspaper, you're not expected to be a literary lion. But it wouldn't hurt to have read a handful of the most recent and influential books in your profession and on management. Having been so long out of school, or if you're not fresh out of school, you want to show your interviewer that you are still able to do some research. You can't do research without reading. Consider it part of the work of your job search to read up on a few of these leading books that, you know, in your industry. I'm sure there's journals, there's um, authors who write stuff regularly, even if it's on social media. Make sure you follow the trend in your industry, but make sure that you know what you follow has quality that reflect favorably upon you nothing that could even remotely be considered superficial finally add a recently published best-selling work of fiction by a world-class author and you will pass this question with flying colors question number 10 tell me about a situation when your work was criticized this is a tough question. It's also a good question because it's a more clever and subtle way to get you to admit to a weakness. You can't dodge it by pretending you've never been criticized. Everybody has been. Yet, it can be quite damaging to start admitting potential faults and failures that you'd just as soon leave buried. 
This question is also intended to probe how well you accept criticism and direction. You can begin answering this question by emphasizing the extremely positive feedback you've gotten throughout your career and that your performance reviews have been uniformly excellent. Of course, no one is perfect and you always welcome suggestions on how to improve your performance. Then, give an example of a not too damaging learning experience from early in your career and relate the ways this lesson has since helped you. This demonstrates that you learned from the experience and the lesson is now one of the strongest breastplates in your suit of armor. If you're pressed for criticism from a recent position, choose something fairly trivial that in no way is essential to your successful performance. Add that you've learned from this too and over the past several years or months, it's no longer an area of concern because you now make it a regular practice to you list off the lesson you learned from that uh, experience. Another way to answer this question would be to describe your intention to broaden your master of an area of growing importance in your field. For example, this might be a computer program you've been meaning to sit down and learn, a new management technique you've read about, or perhaps attending a seminar on some cutting-edge branch of your profession. Again, the key is to focus on something not essential to your brilliant performance, but which adds yet another dimension to your already impressive knowledge base. Question number 11. How do you feel about reporting to a younger person? Honestly, it's a shame that some interviewers feel the need to ask this question, but many understand the reality that prejudice still exists among some job candidates and it's better to try to flush them out beforehand. The trap here is that in today's politically sensitized environment, even a well-intentioned answer can result in planting your food neatly in your mouth. Avoid anything which smacks of a patronizing or insensitive attitude, such as, I think they make terrific bosses or hey, some of my best friends are this or that. Do not give an answer that will make your interviewer doubt your sincerity, so you must make your answer believable and not just automatic. If the firm is wise enough to have promoted people based on ability alone, they are likely quite proud of it and prefer to hire others who wholeheartedly share their strong sense of fair play. In trying to give an answer, you can say that you greatly admire a company that hires and promotes on merit alone and you couldn't agree more with that philosophy. The age or gender or race as the case may be of the person you report to would certainly make no difference to you. You moved from one country to another which shows you have the ability to adapt to new things. Whoever has that position that you are going to be reporting to has obviously earned it and knows their job well. Both the person and the position are fully deserving of respect. You believe that all people in a company, from the receptionist to the chairman, work best when their abilities, efforts and feelings are respected and rewarded fairly. And that includes you. That's the best type of work environment you can hope to find. As someone who has just landed in Canada, there's the possibility that due to cultural biases, you may not want to report to someone who is um, younger to you in age. It doesn't really matter. 
the point is that as long as they have that job based on merit and as long as you are you believe that you're qualified to get the job based on merit it shouldn't matter who you report to question number 12 how do you handle confidential matters when an interviewer presses you to reveal confidential information about a present or former employer you may feel it's a no-win situation if you cooperate you will be judged untrustworthy if you don't you may irritate the interviewer and seem obstinate uncooperative or overly suspicious your interviewer may press you for this information for two reasons first many companies use interviews to research your position it's a perfect setup here in their own lair is an insider from the enemy camp who can reveal prized information on the competition's plans, research, financial condition. Second, the company may be testing your integrity to see if you can be cajoled or bullied into revealing confidential data. What do you do? The best answer here is easy. Never reveal anything truly confidential about a present or former employer. By all means, explain your reticence diplomatically. For example, you can say, I certainly want to be as open as I can about that, but I also wish to respect the rights of those who have trusted me with their most sensitive information, just as you would hope to be able to trust any of your key people when talking with a competitor. And certainly, you can allude to your finest achievements in specific ways that don't reveal the combination to the company safe. But be guided by the golden rule. If you were the owner of your present company, would you feel it ethically wrong for the information to be given to your competitors? If so, steadfastly refuse to reveal it. Remember that this question pits your desire to be cooperative against your integrity. Faced with any such choice, always choose integrity. It's a far more valuable commodity, whatever information the company may pry from you. Moreover, once you surrender the information, your stock goes down. They will surely lose respect for you. Do not ever reveal confidential information. When you do so, you've eliminated yourself from the competition. And that means you're not getting the job. All right. That's it from us on today's episode. I hope that I've given you some value. I hope that you are well prepared now. I hope that you understand the nuances of answering interview questions. That's the whole objective of me doing these episodes. I will bring you more questions and more answers in the next coming episodes. Thank you for listening. Bye-bye.